Okay, we are uh, excited this morning. Uh, I want to invite a couple of, so we have some of our youth here this morning. So those who know they're going to be sharing testimonies, why don't you go ahead and come forward. We're going to share just a couple of testimonies this morning from camp. Uh, so I'm going to step down here. Um, and just real quick again, so if you're going to be, so if you're youth this morning, you're sharing a testimony, I'd like you to go ahead and come up right now. Thank you. If you didn't plan on sharing a testimony, you can still go ahead and come up here and share one. It'd be great, right? Just talk about your favorite thing about camp. All right, so just real quick, this week at camp, we had a, we had a really great time. Annie Downs uh, was our speaker, so Annie was a part of it. So if you've, she's written a couple of books, lives in Nashville, but she's part of our network of churches. She grew up at Riverstone, went through the youth group at Riverstone, was on staff for a minute at Riverstone. Uh, and so she did a fantastic job. And we had our, we had our worship team that basically was made up of everyone of all the churches at, uh, at, in our network, including Jeff, uh, who was playing keys this morning. Uh, and it was just an incredible time. So the breakdown of the week, honestly, just so you can know, is we have teaching times in the morning. We have worship. We have fun and games throughout the day. And we have worship that night. And God did some incredible things. So a couple of stories here this morning. Uh, I want you to go ahead. to when you, So when you share again, I want you, I want you to stand for so everybody can see you. And, uh, and just share what God has laid on your heart this morning. Hi, I'm Kinsley. I'm going into eighth grade. And I have three experiences that God put into my life over the week. So um, Tuesday night, I was praying to, like, not feel lonely and just always feel like someone's with me. And um, one of my counselors, like, as I was praying, she came up to me and she hugged me and just started praying for me. And, like, I don't know. It just, like, made me feel loved. And then um, Wednesday, no, yeah, Wednesday morning, I was praying to, like, instead of just, inviting God in my heart to um, um, give my heart to him. Um, then this girl came up to me, and I never met her before, but she came up to me, and she was like, I'm pretty sure God just told me that he wants to be with you. And that was amazing and crazy. And then um, Thursday night, wait, hold up, I forgot. <laughs> um, I was praying. Okay, hold up. So Steve informed me a half hour ago that I was saying things, Um, but I've been going to camp for six years now, and God has showed up every time where I didn't quite expect him to. Um, This year, the biggest thing I got to learn was that being afraid doesn't mean you don't trust him, Um, and that really all he needs is your yes. It doesn't matter how shaky that yes is and how afraid you are while you're saying it, but that he will bless your yes, and he will bless you when you step into that yes to him. And it's not a yes to anybody else. It's not a yes to, like, what people are asking you to do. It's a yes to what God is asking you to do. And even if you're afraid when you step into that yes, is still trusting him. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this is, like, so nerve-wracking. So Thursday night, um, I went up to my counselor and just to, like, be prayed for. And after I went back to my seat, I just felt like someone laid a hand on me for, like, 30 minutes. But no one was, like, beside me. So it's, like, God's hand on me. So. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone. Well, 
This year was my second year going to one camp, and I had the honor and the privilege of being in the eighth grade cabin, and this year was better than last year. It was amazing. Um, we started out each day going to the prayer room, which I've got to give it up to Spencer and Emily. You guys were amazing in prayer room. Well, the entire trip, but you guys just, the way you guys jumped into one camp in our youth, I mean, it just, I'm so excited to have you guys here and uh, just to see the way you guys worked with our youth and what that stands for for the future. It, I just can't say enough about it. So thank you. Um, this week was so amazing. It's, it's hard for me to even talk about it. But just to see these kids, these young men in the eighth grade cabin, the way they start off the week and they're like, you know, kind of awkward. And I don't know if I'm going to fit in. You know, is anybody going to like me? And, you know, you, you see them. They start interacting together. They start hanging out together. They start bonding. They start sharing together. The sharing at the beginning of camp and the sharing at the end of camp, just to see how much they grow and how much they're willing to open up and allow God in and allow other people into their lives. Uh, we saw healing. We saw blessing. We saw just bonds of friendship that not, not just from the, the eighth graders, but from the other leaders that were in our cabin coming and saying, you know, their testimony and giving them and saying, you know, I've been coming here for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and this camp has changed my life, and this is why, and this is what, you know, what I went through, and this is how I grew in this camp, and I was able to build these relationships with the leaders and the other people here. I mean, that type of stuff right there, you don't get in everyday life. You just don't get it anywhere else, and you get it there at camp, and it's something that is such a blessing that you need to experience if, if you're in high school. I just can't explain it. It's just one of those things. We said this a lot. You just got to be there. You got to be there to understand. Uh, so I'm just very grateful to have been a part of it. I can't wait for next year. Um, I love trying to keep up with all these high school students and all the sports and activities and stuff like that. Uh, I enjoy being, getting beat by the girls and spike ball and stuff like that. It's very humbling. But uh, so, so training for one camp next year started today. Uh, so I hit the bike this morning, and I'm looking forward to trying to keep up next year. So, uh, but anyway, love you guys. Okay, well, that's going to be kind of hard to, to follow, but I want to just kind of follow up on that. Um, before we went to camp, I was very adamant on not wanting to go. I don't know why, I just... And you can ask my husband, I just kept saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. But I love my girls. And I love my husband. And um, he did a very good job of guilting me into going. Um, but I want to say that I am so glad that I did go because it is just an experience that you can't get anywhere else. And I'm going to try not to cry because I sound like a big sissy lala. But um, I can say that as a leader... Those kids, and I, I had the privilege of being with the college women, they just, every day I was fed with just their spirit and their willingness to open up and their willingness to be kind to everybody and to 
to just show love. I mean, they are an incredible bunch of girls, and I adore them. And I adore one camp, and I'm excited about next year, and I'm excited to see how God just kind of builds on what he did this week with them. Um, and I really hope that more people come up and share their stories because I know there's a lot of incredible stories that come out. Um, so somebody said something very, very um, just life-changing about sharing. Give someone the gift of going second. So just remember that, guys. Um, I did want to share one quick thing. I won't go as long as he was. Um, it, it was kind of it was kind of cool. Um, God gave me this image during worship of this snake skin, and I was like, mm, "That's really weird. I don't think that would come from God." But the more um, I worshipped, the more I just kept seeing this big, long snake skin, and just it was far away from whoever it was. But so I shared that in our cabin. And I instantly saw um, one of the girls who I don't know just turn around and stare at me. And I was like, okay, she thinks that's weird too. But she had been having dreams and visions of a snakeskin also. You know, just representing this, this skin of just, yeah, shedding of, of life, of sin, of names that have been put on you, um, whatever, and just... Getting out of that and moving far, far, far away from it and moving into a new season of life. And I thought that was pretty awesome. So, there we go. So, my name's Elijah. And, and last year at one camp, like, God completely changed the, the my life around, like, I was struggling with suicide, and then God just completely changed that. And going into this year, I was kind of, like, worried about one camp, like, what was going to happen and stuff. And then I just wasn't really sure if anything was. And then the, like, very first night, Spencer came and prayed for me, and all we knew about each other was each other's names, and that was it. And he, like, prayed over my, like, my entire experience over my past year and how God's going to use me with all that and, like, how I'm going to share my testimony and all that. And then, like, in the third day, this one woman who um, was teaching one of the teaching groups said, if you have a testimony story, please tell me, and uh, we can video it. And I did that, and she said, I can maybe start telling my testimony to other people. I can use that as one of my school projects this year. And then um, throughout that, and at night, every night, during worship, I kept just hearing people's names over and over again, like, go pray for them. And I would start to go pray for them, and I will just start, like, saying stuff I didn't even know that I knew about. And they said I, like, prayed for the stuff they were worried about. And it just kept happening over and over again for, like, 20 different people. And I just thought that was cool. And that's about it. My name is Haley, and I lost my voice, so I'm really sorry about it. Um... Yes. Um, so I was in the college women's cabin this year, and I, this was my third year at camp. And last year, I feel like the main focus was hearing, hearing God's voice. And in my small group, that's been like a big fo- focus this past year. And I was really, really struggling with it. Um, so this year at camp, I kind of wasn't expecting anything. And I had three or four people 
pray over me and my friend Bree. She's not here, but um, and just like I would tell them how I felt like I was standing at this door and I was knocking on it, and God was on the other side and He wasn't opening it, and I was really confused because He says like knock and you'll find me, and I was like where are you? Um, so one night at worship, they were doing prophetic art and they said if that bothers you, close your eyes and don't look at it. And I was like great because that's going to bother me if I sit there and watch a person paint all the time. And then um, we were worshiping, and I, like, looked over, and the thing that they were painting was God opening the door, and, like, light was coming in, and it was the door that I saw, and it was so cool. Uh, And then that, from then on, like, things just, like, kept happening where it was very obvious that, okay, this is God speaking to me, and it's the coolest thing ever because, like, I prayed for years for something to happen, and then in, like, three days, things just kept happening. In the last day of camp, we were sitting there worshiping, and I closed my eyes, and all I saw, like, was myself in the room alone. And then a couple songs later, I saw myself dancing with Jesus, and it was so cool because, like, it showed me that I don't want to walk with Jesus through my life. I want to dance with him. Hi, I'm AK, and um, um, anyway, so I, this year I spent a lot of time just praying into camp, um, and a couple nights before, I got a word from Jesus, and it was like, in silence there's peace, and in peace there's rest, and that really hit me because rest is something I've been praying into all year because I struggle with like anxiety and stress and all that crap and so like sorry I say crap a lot (laughs) anyways and so I just came into camp but like the entire week my heart was super heavy because people were just people come to me for counseling a lot and so like I am such a I put like everyone's loads on myself and so the first couple days were so tough because I was just like Jesus like I feel so heavy I feel so weighty like I need a release of this and so um anyways and then um basically one night just Jesus did some great stuff and then that night so much drama happened in my cabin like my friends were crying like it was just like again just wait and wait and like I was just like, Jesus, like, I don't know where you are. And so then, like, the next morning, uh, that morning worship, I um, sat down, and I was, I, they were doing worship, and I was, like, not singing. I just, I wasn't singing, and I wasn't, like, praying super hard. I just sat in silence, and I was just, like, not speaking, just letting him move. And, like, I could just sense his peace enjoy just like wash over me like it was just a spiritual cleansing like the silent and silence there's peace and peace and rest like that was just happening in that moment and it was so surreal and then um so the one way i could like describe it later that day i was just thinking about it so like um alicia um you know the guatemala missionary she the um let me gather my thoughts for a second okay so um, I remember, do you guys remember, like, a couple months ago when, like, the girls, there were these girls in Guatemala who, like, prayed to Satan, and, and, like, they were all, like, killed by the fire, 
Well, um, Alicia that night had heard from Jesus saying, like, I'm going to fight fire with fire. And that's exactly how it happened with me. Satan was coming in. He was trying to distract me from what the Lord was doing. And Jesus just came in with a fire that was so much stronger than anything Satan could ever do. So, yeah, that's my testimony. All right. Who else? Who else knows they need to share something? Who else? Somebody else. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to get up. I'm not supposed to do this. Somebody else. Three, two, one. All right. You guys can go be seated. Thanks so much. All right. Spencer, your turn, man. Hey guys, so I'm Spencer. I'm the youth, the new youth pastor. Um, and oh boy, I was really, uh, everyone said, like, when people were talking to me about, like, oh man, you're going to camp, it sounded like I was going into, like, war almost. Or, like, man, are you ready for this? Like, oh boy. Can I go up here? I kind of want to go up here. Um, it was amazing, though. I, uh, I can't tell you just how many things happened during camp. I was like, wow, this is such an amazing, thing that's been going on for decades and everyone had their story like everyone that's been there for a long time they all had their story of what happened to them at camp and so many um people like in and i just gotta say there's there's so many people that are uh that go to this church that became volunteers for the camp that i'm sure they probably had to take vacation off of work to come down and many of them were like camp uh cabin leaders which pretty much means you get no sleep. And they just gave of themselves because they, they care about our youth and they, they encountered God at this camp and they, they wanted the same thing for our students and, and your kids here. It was amazing. And so um, Steve asked me to share what I learned at camp. So I got uh, a few things that I'm not, isn't like my message that I just want to share. First, can you go back to the salsa picture? Is that possible? So I learned that if you're going to be be a youth pastor or a student pastor in this network, you're going to get a little humiliated. So has anyone ever had a bucket of salsa dumped on their head? Anybody? Okay, let me explain it to you then. So what it's like is if pretty much this whole church went out to Mexican food and ate way too much, and then you all threw it up into a bucket. But it gets better. Then they refrigerated that bucket of vomit. And then you, not knowing when it's going to happen, because these girls were so good at doing this sneaky, but they just dumped the whole thing on you, and you feel it drizzling down, and oh, it was so gross. But here's the kicker. I have extremely sensitive skin, and I don't know what, what type of salsa this was. Maybe it was mild, could have been medium, could have been hot. But I just know that my skin started to burn with it on me, but, I, like, when this happened, I couldn't leave yet. Like, and so I was, like, just chilling there. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get to a shower. i got to get this off me. And I was just, like, trying to get through it. And uh, so that was good. And I, I feel like I smelled like salsa. For I, It was days. It was, like, I'll say it wasn't until we did the mud course and I started smelling like mud that I stopped smelling like salsa. So that's one thing I learned, that uh, you're going to be a little humiliated, and that's all right. When this happened, 
in front of me, I saw this row of like seventh grade boys and other people too, but this row of seventh grade boys, I remember them just dying laughing. I'm like, okay, it's worth it. For that, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it was good. Um, and so uh, another thing that I learned is that, and I'm sure a lot of them aren't here because they're probably still sleeping, <laughs> but our interns and uh, the college students we have that went and served, y'all, they are some of the hardest working and most creative people just like, oh my gosh, they were nonstop working the whole entire time. Do we have any interns that are here? I don't know if I see any. Yeah, they're not here. Back there. They're working still. They're still working. So um, if y'all see them, if you know who they are, uh, man, they just did an incredible job. And they're, man, so we put on the rave. Do you guys know about the rave? You guys all know about the rave, right? It's just like, the, it kind of opens up camp and it's this huge dancing. And uh, we, they made this huge setup and it was so creative. And it's so amazing how they, they and we did so many videos, like our interns did so many videos. And they did such a good job with that. And it's so awesome. Like, they worked so hard. It was just incredible. And then, like I said, like, we had so many people that just gave them themselves. But I got to say this about Stephen Randall. Like, it's one thing to, like, go to a camp that they could have been like, well, we got youth pastors now, so y'all go. But they also went, and they also were up to many times, like, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., have to be up at, like, 6 to 7 a.m. So not only did they do that, but y'all, they know your youth. They're in the lives of your youth. They really, really care. I've been in a lot of churches. I've been a youth pastor at a lot of different churches. I've never seen senior leaders that so deeply care about the students and the young people here. So, y'all, can we, can we honor them for a second? Can we just give it up for them? And I, I just got to say, you guys, I'm so blessed that you all have that heart towards the youth here. It's so incredibly awesome. I'm going to open up this water real quick. So that's all my... Um, Things that I learned about camp that I'm not speaking about. Um, actually, I, yeah, let me grab my phone out. I got a ton of things I need to do right now. Hold on one second. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. All right. Let me pray real quick. God, I thank you for everything that you did in, in one camp. I think for, thank you for the way that you moved on the lives of the young people. And God, I thank you for the breakthrough that was released. I thank you that you are more than alive, that you are the eternal God, and that you are well alive today. I thank you that you have no rival, and that you have no equal. And that, God, your heart is so much for us to be strengthened in, in your spirit, in accord, in full accord, in one mind, in one body, in one spirit, to become a beautiful, spotless bride. I thank you, God, that it's not by anything that we do that allows your church to move, God, but you are our Savior, you are our strength, and all we need to do is trust you, listen to you, and follow you. I thank you that we can find you in every single place and in every day. I pray what you released in one camp would not be something that was just for our young people, but I pray that it would be something that would spread to the whole church. And God, I pray that it wouldn't be just a, a short thing that happened, but it will be something that continues to move and move and move. That it will be something that's grown in us and is instilled in us. 
Amen. So uh, the main thing, um, the the main thing that I saw that moved my heart so much was the transformation that happened in our youth. So here's here's what I kind of saw. I I saw this transformation. I saw people making incredibly wise, important God life decisions. So I saw people that uh, knew they were going down a path that it seemed good for a while, but it started to go bad, and they decided to lay things down so that they could have more of God in their lives. I saw youth give up all kinds of things so that they could have more of God. I saw youth be led by the Spirit. So many of the testimonies that I heard was, man, I just felt like I was led to, like Brendan Pritchard, he uh, he had a testimony of, man, I just felt led, like I, I didn't even feel like, it was me. I felt like it was the Spirit just leading me to go pray for someone. And it was during a time, uh, an altar call. And there was, in a room of 500 people, there was three people that gave their lives to Christ. And they didn't publicly acknowledge who they were at the time. But he was led to pray for someone. And out of the three people, the, the person that he prayed for was the person that had just given their life to God. And then he got to pray for them and encourage them at that moment. And there were so many of those times it was like, wow. God is moving, there's transformation, there's a laying down, and there's a picking up of a new life. And it was beautiful, and I tried to look back, like, and just analyze, like, how did we get here? (laughs) Like, how did all this happen? And so, I, I really started off with intentional community. So, that's the first thing that I saw, is that this camp, we're spending, like, five days with not only community that we're eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, we're, by the way, the yes, the fact that youth will wake up at 6.30 a.m., like can any high school parents just give like a hallelujah for your child waking up at 6.30 a.m.? They woke up at 6.30 a.m. Most of them don't get to bed until like 1 a.m. and beyond. They get up at 6.30 to get to prayer. So they did that, and then so they go to prayer. They have breakfast. They have times of playing games and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And they're building community, right? And so they're in community. They're constantly in community with one another. For five days, you're stuck with each other. So for five days, you're stuck with, with everyone. And in that place, it built trust. Trust cultivated vulnerability. And vulnerability opened the door for repentance. Repentance makes transformation. When we have a repentant heart, we begin to be transformed people. So I'm going to kind of dive into all those things a little bit more. uh, But that's the main thing that I saw is that we got to transformation. I believe it started with the seed. uh, It started with community. So my son, Gavin, he is amazing. He's like, he's four years old right now. He's this cute little blonde kid. You you guys saw a picture of him earlier on with the, we were getting a Christmas tree. That's when that was. And he is, like, incredible. Yeah, that's, that's him right there, guy on the right. He is incredibly cute. He is so funny. The way that he sees the world is just, like, hilarious. And the way that he talks, the way that he just sees things is hilarious. He's the most enjoy, And he's also, like, he's like a little teddy bear. He loves to be cuddled and snuggled. And he loves it if you just pick him up and hold him. And he's just, like, so incredibly cuddly and cute and awesome. And I love both my kids so much. I talked about Addie the whole time we are at the camp. So I'm like, dude, i got to get some love. Yeah. So, like, I love my son so much. And what breaks my heart is that you wouldn't know who he is. You wouldn't know 
who he really is until you spend some time with us. Because you could be like the sweetest person, come up to him like really warm and inviting, and be like, hey, Gavin. And what he will do, and this is more a couple of years ago, but what he would do is he just run to me and hide himself in, in my leg. Because he doesn't know yet. And he doesn't know if you're safe. And that was, that was his four-year-old response, or th- more like a three-year-old response because he's getting better. But he'd just do that. He'd just run over to me and, and hide himself in, in my, my leg. But once he got to know you, what, like, it, you could just, and it doesn't even be you engaging with him. If you came over to our house and he saw you having a conversation with me and Emily for about an hour, immediately he's going to be way more welcome to start to talk to you, to get engaged, and he's going to start to open up. Give it like a couple hours, and then you're just going to get full-blown Gavin, and you're going to be in love with him, and he's going to be in love with you. And I think that that's what happens in community. It's like in the process of playing games and seeing someone get a little too competitive, and in the process of, wow, I did not know that 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 dude would show up to prayer because I thought that that dude would sleep in and then play like spike ball some more. But that dude cares about God and is here for prayer. In the process of that, I think we just get to, to realize, man, we're not that much different. And that's, that's what I think happened for all of our youth. And what I think is a huge takeaway for us is, man, us just running, we often just need to spend some time with each other. Like, as a body of Christ, like, the more that we can go out, get a lunch together, get dinner, like, maybe go out and go do something together, the more that we do that, we're going to start to open up and we're going to start to build trust. And in that trust is when we start to have vulnerability. So we did these morning services with David Elders, and he killed it. And um, what he would often talk about is, uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. What he talked about the second morning was confession. And so this was the, and even the first day, the first day was about, uh, man, I'm trying to think of the word. I remember it was a C. It was being satisfied with what you have. What's the word for that? Contentment. Sorry, guys. So he talked about contentment first, and that was amazing because it actually turned into, do you have any self-hatred? And it was this beautiful moment of our youth being like, man, I just don't like this part of me. And then we were able to go after that through the eyes of Christ and speak life into the places where people just didn't like who they were. And it was beautiful, and it took a ton of vulnerability. And there was a level of vulnerability that day, but then the next day there was even more. And then we went after, like, depression and even suicidal thoughts near the end. And the, the vulnerability, that the amount of youth that came up to me and they said, this person's been my best friend, or been, we've been super close friends for four years, and I had no clue they ever thought that. Yes, that changes lives. That changes lives. Let's read this. If you want to go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. I guys, get some of this water. So if you want to turn there. And so um, in this chapter, and kind of what's going on right now, is Paul's in prison. And he's writing a letter mainly to the leaders of the church at Philippi. But I'm sure with the hope that it'd go to the whole body of Christ in only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, 
with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Good stuff, right? Man, I've been really just um, really being fed from Philippians. And if, if you all are like, what should I read right now? Man, it's a good book. <laughs> it's all good, but man, this has been really speaking to me. Here's, here's something that Annie Downs said to us. When you read the word, don't read it like you know the end to these stories that you've read a thousand times. Because this happened. Like, this was a time when Paul was in prison. And I almost like, I, I kind of like tried to, Annie told us, hey, try to like picture what it was like to really be these people. Try to picture what it was like to really be Paul in his situation. And, you know, like, not everything that happened in these times was written about. So, you know, for yourself, fill in the blanks. So I did that for this part, and I, I thought about Paul. You know, he's in prison. He has nothing but time on his hands, right? Nothing but time on his hands. And he's, he's thinking, okay, I'm riding to the church in Philippi. What do I want to say to them? And he's alone in isolation and in solitude. And he's sitting there. And I so think that when he's thinking about the church, he's just longing to be with the body of Christ. He's longing to have someone next to him. So that when he's alone and he's struggling and when he's losing sight, when he's losing hope, he'd have a brother that could lift him up. And almost like when he's saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but count others better than yourselves. This is... This is just me thinking, but I just wonder if there was ever a time where maybe he skipped over someone. And he thought, man, don't do that. Care about others' interests more than yourselves. And here's the thing that, that God has so pressed on us. You know, God cares about community. It's seen from the very beginning, very beginning even before the Garden of Eden. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit had eternal community. And he's not a lone ranger God from the start. And his heart was never that we would be alone. Y'all, we need each other. We need each other. We need each other. And so much of that starts with the community, which then builds trust. And in that trust, we start to get vulnerable. And vulnerability sounds weak. 
vulnerability. I, th- I still think when we, when we hear that, it's like, I can't let my armor down. I can't let people see me for who I really am. I can't let people know I'm depressed. I can't let people know that I, I don't have faith right now. It's hard. It's not easy. But when we get vulnerable, when we have that moment where we start to get real, then what happens is in us, we start to have repentance. Because vulnerability does this. It brings the light of heaven into us so that God can see everything. And also so that our brothers that are put here for you can start to help you. So in that place where we start to have vulnerability, the light of heaven comes in and it allows us to have help and be empowered. And that's what allows us to have transformation. I want to read down a little bit further. Let's go to verse 12 of chapter 2. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. If we want to be a light to the world, we want to stand up in a crooked and twisted generation. We're going to need each other. And in a way that's not like just a Sunday morning hello, but it's going to look like us actually getting in each other's lives. And it doesn't have to be serious to start. It can be a coffee. It can be a lunch. It could be, hey, we're going to the lake. You want to go to the lake with me? And in the process of us just getting to know each other, we're going to have more of everything else listed above. So let me pray, and I'm going to hand it back to Steve. Um, God, I thank you so much for what you did. And God, I pray that we would, I thank you for everyone that is intentional with community here. And God, this community, I thank you that it's not just community, that's community for community's sake, but it's community that's directed towards you. It's community that's directed towards, hey, let's get together so we can run after God together. And God, I pray for all of us, if we are feeling introverted, and if we're feeling like, man, I just just so hard to meet people. God, I pray that in those times that we would let that part of ourselves just die. We would just like let that part be our weakness. And when we are, we, we just have an incredibly hard time getting community and getting to be real with others. God, I pray that we would let you be strong in us and let you move. And I pray that in that process that we would begin to trust each other. We begin to be vulnerable We'd have repentance, and in that place that we would have transformation from the light of heaven and the empowerment of the body of Christ coming in our lives. Amen. Let's take a moment before the Lord as we come into a time of worship.
love in verse three. Just don't, here's the deal. I want you just to stay in a place of worship this morning. I'm just gonna we take some more and just kind of do some corporate prayer. I love in verse three of Philippians. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I want you to take a moment this morning just in your time before Jesus and I want you to I want you to begin to thank God for the partnership that you have in community. Right, this place of just beginning to say God thank you for and just begin to name the person or the people. Just come before the Lord and begin to thank him by name. And as you begin to thank God for them, just remembering all the moments of vulnerability and the moments of intimacy, the moments of doing life together, the moments of crying together, the moments of laughing together, then I want you just to take a moment and just begin to pray for that person. you as the youth were invited at camp, just do a time of confession between you and the Lord. Confession basically says, I have things that are in the dark that I hold on to by myself, things that I can't trust other people with. Confession is I've been holding on to this thing for a while and feel the weight of it and it just seemingly just has its way with me. Confession is birthed out of a confession from a place of fear about who I am and fear about these pieces to to saying, God, I just release these things, God, so they can no longer have control of my life. sin issues or it may just be thoughts that you wrestle with. It may be things that you recognize. You're just not content in your own life that God wants to lead you to contentment in. Begin to just allow him to search you. I love David just prays in the Psalms. Search me, O God, and know all my ways. He's saying, God, I just want to, I want to take all of these things. I want to take all the weights, take all these fears, take all these anxieties. Things, God, I'm not even aware of. They're just like random thoughts that just kind of come racing through my mind. God, I want to capture them, Jesus. I want to confess them to you, God, is keeping me from you. I want you to search me and know me, God. I, I want all my ways before you to be right, God, so there's no barrier to intimacy with you, no barrier to intimacy with my community and my people. So this morning before the Lord, just be honest before Him. It's a time of confession. Think of confession as a cleansing. 
It's a cleansing moment. It's coming before the Lord. He's got that water hose of grace. When you've been going through that mud course of your life, and He just begins to say, I can't wait to wash you. I just can't wait because it's so good. I can't wait to clean you. Oh, I can't believe this is finally happening. I've been praying and interceding in the heavenlies for you. Oh, it's so good to be cleansed. Just this morning, allow Him to search you and know you and allow your heart to be cleansed. Your mind to be cleansed. The enemy is lying. Don't let him confess the lies that you believe and say, Jesus, I want to know truth. I want to be content, God. Content in how you've designed me, how you've made me, Jesus. Father, this morning, we grab hold of this idea, Lord, of being set apart, of being made holy. God, set apart for the purposes of God, recognizing, Jesus, that this is not our home, that we are in the world, but it is to not define us. The passions of the world do not define us. The longings of the world do not define us. Father, I thank you. Tell us in James. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Father, we live in a world of trials. But I thank you in that we've been set apart. God, we are in a different plane with you. We reside in the heavenlies. We are not alone. We are with one another and with you. We've been set apart for your purposes, God. But Philippians, Lord, they're going through difficulty, but they're not alone. They're vulnerable. They're doing life, Jesus. They're empowered by your spirit. They're able to come, Lord, empowered by your spirit to do the same things that you do. We read in John 14, and then Jesus, they do the things that you did. And they pray anything according to your will, Lord, and it is done. So this morning, I want you to allow the Lord just to awaken this idea of consecration, being set apart for the purposes of God this morning. 
And I want you just to say, Jesus, whether you feel it or not, your yes is yes, even though you may not feel it like Eliana said, but you say, but yes, Lord, I may have a hard time believing, but I believe, Jesus, you have purposes for my life. So this takes some time and allow the Lord to wash over the understanding of consecration being set apart for his purposes, recognizing trials are coming. They're in the Philippians, but they're still doing great, great and mighty things for the Lord. Father, we say yes. We say amen to these things we've prayed into. We thank you, God, that it is you who then moved to continue to, to complete the work that you've started in each of us. We just say, Lord, we surrender. And we're asking this morning, God, is for an outpouring of your spirit in each person. We pray this in your name, Jesus. We're going to go into a time of worship this morning. I invite you to respond as we as we do. Offering baskets here, communion available every Sunday on both sides, and then we'll have teams that are praying and ministering. And so it's one of those deals this morning. I just want to invite you to respond, whether it's in the context of some of these things we've talked about this morning, this idea of being alone, this idea of confession, this idea of the struggles that you're in, the idea, right, this idea of being of speaking truth, of allowing God to move in your heart, right? And this morning, let's just begin to say yes to Jesus. Whatever God is leading you to this morning in worship, I just invite you, if anything, just to relate to him, to connect with him, and allow him to do the things that he wants to do. So let's just take some time this morning and worship before the Lord and receive his invitation to come near and to love on and be loved on by 